The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. We try and raise the tone with a little bit of intellectual conversation with the 11, the big 11 debate, uh, whereby we set aside time. And what we're going to talk about today is the prospect of a border poll leading to an affirmative vote in the North and South, which could lead to United Ireland. A new poll shows that one in four people here think that a United Ireland will happen in the next 10 years. This figure contradicts findings with citizens up north who, when asked, said 45% firmly believed that unity will happen within a decade. So, to go through the pros and cons and the terms and conditions, it's a great pleasure to welcome Colin McCarthy, economist. I remember Board SNP and DKM economists, uh, but uh, going as far back as the 80s. Uh, and he's still, he's still commentating and fulminating on all of this uh, good stuff. Uh, of course, UCD and all of that. And Lisa Chambers, a Fianna Fáil, uh, Senator from Mayo, the leader of that party in the Senate and this party spokesperson on foreign affairs and EU and I think also chairman of a committee uh, that has been dealing with this topic. Well, I was chair of the Brexit committee, but uh, we've actually concluded our work uh, at this point. A little birdie told me that you're going to stand in the European elections. Is that true? Uh, I, I'm, I'm considering it, um, but waiting, yes. awaiting the boundary review, which is out in August. So okay. we, we don't know the constituencies. Well, uh, there, there is an extra seat for Ireland, and I'm told it'll go to the mid, that massive constituency, North West Midlands. Yeah, uh, maybe Lee Shoffley uh, might go in. I hear Barry Cowan might be going as well. Potentially. Well, I was reading the examiner as well at the weekend. Yes, um. indeed. Indeed. <laughs> well, my sources go beyond what's in the papers. Mm-hmm. But anyway, let's, let's talk about this. First of all, are you in favour of a unity poll? I am when we're ready for it. And by that, I mean, you know, if we take the Brexit question, for example, I think it's a good comparison in some in some forms. That question was asked with no preparatory work. People did not know what they were voting for. That was quite evident afterwards because they didn't really know what yes meant. Uh, They exited the EU and then there was the whole disaster and mess afterwards that we're still cleaning up. So I think if we're going to have a border poll, which we will have at some point, is my view, we have a huge amount of preparatory work to do. Questions around you know, the Gardaí and the PSNI, how do we consolidate that? Uh, will we have a devolved government instalment or will we be governed on the island solely from Leinster House? What will we do with the civil service north and south? Will we consolidate? So there's lots of questions, the details of which we haven't even began to work out because people will rightly ask those questions and they will deserve and should get a detailed response. So I think we have a lot of work to do to unite our people, which is the important part. It's not about the landmass, it's uniting the people on the island, acknowledging that there is a, you know, a significant um, community in Northern Ireland that don't want this to ever, ever happen. So if we did the preparatory work, um, the border poll can take place. And as the Good Friday Agreement says, with the consent of the people on the island, we, we can do that. Um, but getting that consent will mean doing the hard graft first. And and some of those 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 not unreasonable questions that you raised there about amalgamating so many things from Parliament to the police force and so on. Who, who best to carry out that preparatory work and how and where would it be done? Well, that needs to be ironed out as well. You'd imagine there will be some sort of um, committee or board or maybe an assembly of politicians north and south, maybe including civil servants, to be worked out that represent all parts of the island and all communities. Um, so it's not... It's not I suppose what that leads into then, you know, you, you could have uh, some form of unitary state based on a kind of federal system whereby some things would be devolved as they are with England, Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland presently vis-a-vis Westminster or you could go for a complete unitary state which I suppose is a, 
a complete takeover by the South. Uh, well, some would see it that way. Um, and I think it is important that it's not about them joining us, um, as some people might see it. If you're uniting the people on the island and you're joining, you know, the six counties with, with the rest, um, all those things need to be worked out. How do we do that? What does it look like? Uh, what do we do with our civil service, our health service, our police service, all of that work? And things like anthems and, and emblems, you know, our national flag, our national anthem, we hold those very, very dear. How people feel about that not being... Um, the country's anthem anymore uh, if we were to unite the island that's on the table as well so everything is on the table nothing is off the table and as it stands we can't answer any of those questions with any sort of evidence base or clarity so as I said I think a good number of years of preparatory work are needed All right, Colm we we mostly call on you when we're looking at the economic perspective the fiscal public finances of it first of all maybe you'd paint a picture of how the northern economy works and I suppose what I'm alluding to is the net transfers of public, it, it's called a public sector economy. I don't know if that's a fair comment yeah. or not. Um, it, like, what does it cost to run the North and who's paying for it? Yeah, uh, the, the figures are a bit complicated. This issue arose in the 1920s when uh, uh, the British withdrew from what's now the Republic. Uh, and there had to be a financial settlement and detailed negotiations about who owns the national debt. Uh, and there's quite a lot of it in the UK, as you know, as indeed there is here, uh, although we don't talk about it here because we have very short memories. Uh, but uh, that was only resolved through the 1920s, and it was really in the 1930s that there was a kind of a final settlement of the, the financial and economic issues between Britain and Ireland. Britain and Ireland didn't get on very well uh, in the 20s and 30s, and there was an economic war and all this kind of stuff. And it was eventually sorted out. Uh, so, uh, as, as Lisa uh, pointed out, uh, if these issues need to be addressed, it would be quite a smart idea to think about them first before you p- put the issue to the public. But on, on, on the, the, the numbers, uh, there is a big budget deficit in Northern Ireland, a very substantial budget deficit, tax revenue in the province. The economy hasn't done all that well down the years. It did at one time, actually, way, way back. Northern Ireland would have been more prosperous than the South. Uh, but it suffered the decline of traditional industries, uh, as did the northeast of England, for example. Uh, if if uh, Belfast has a twin... Uh, city in Britain. It's probably somewhere like Newcastle that had shipbuilding and steel and all, all, all that sort of stuff. Uh, and, and is also doing poorly in more recent decades. And of course the troubles uh, didn't exactly help. Uh, so tax revenue in Northern Ireland is way below government expenditure. Ballpark? Uh, you, you want to be very careful about, about the figures. 10, 11, 12 billion. Sterling? Uh, 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 Sterling, yeah. <laughs> it's important uh, to be precise about But some, some of, of that things. is debt interest, some of it is defence spending, uh, and that might not be deemed to be attributable to Northern Ireland. Do you understand what I mean? And sorry, is it... So, a, is so it some a, people think that the gap might be negotiated down to four or five billion. So, So there's two possibilities there. One is... Um, if the Brits say, well, you know what, we'd rather not pay the 10, 11, 12 billion That's right. and we'll taper it off. We'll give you half it for 10 years right, or whatever. Yeah. Or could a fairy godmother like the EU come along and say, well, we think this is such a good idea that we would subsidise it. Are either of those viable? 
Uh, well, the second one is as unviable an idea as I have heard, even from a politician, <laughs> for a long time. So, I, I think, I think, okay, you're dismissing that. Yeah, I, I, think, I, th- I, I think we can forget that one. Um, uh, you you could, and and I, I think though, the experience the last time this happened. Uh, personally, I'm not sure it's ever going to happen, but but if it did happen, the experience last time suggests that it's better to square it all out first. Uh, and not to drag it out for 10 or 12 years. Is that like East and West Germany? Is that what they did? Well, uh, West Germany happened to have piles of money. Everybody in East Germany wanted to join the Bundesrepublik. Situation here is very different. Um, Can I just make make a, a, a further point about all this? Clearly, if a proposition is ever put to the Southern electorate in a general election, or there might be a referendum, it doesn't have to be, according to the Good Friday Agreement, people seem to think there does have to be, but they're wrong. Uh, it's not in it. Uh, but uh, there might be a referendum here, there might be a general election fought on this issue. Uh, and certainly people will be asking questions like, how much is income tax going to go up uh, for me? So it's about, uh, uh, that amount of money will be equivalent to doubling the universal social charge? Or give us a, a simple No, the universal equation. social yeah, it would be, yeah, of that order. Yeah, it would be of that order. Okay. Let, let's now, 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 the the further point, though, uh, and, and Lisa also alluded to this, uh, you could end up, if there were a referendum in the South, you could end up with a proposition to the voters which says, would you like to pay lots more tax? And secondly, these new citizens that are going to join our nice, stable, friendly, 100-year-old state don't want to be there and they might start throwing rocks. Well, a majority might want to. But OK, so where, where, where I'm going with this, uh, Lisa, it, it strikes me that, um, just as an observation that if you look at the polls, Sinn Féin are likely to be the largest party in the next government. And it strikes me, what is Sinn Féin's ultimate policy red line issue? And it's not socialism, it's not sustainability, it is they want to be in government north and south and they want a border poll within five years. And whether the economists hate it or whether, you know, northern unionists hate it, this is perhaps the direction of travel for government north and south. So, where do you stand on that insofar as if this is coming down the tracks, if you're negotiating a coalition uh, with Sinn Féin, you're going to have to confront this issue. I think the Sinn Féin position has um, become more nuanced in the last number of years. I think they've recognised and they understand that if they were to put a border poll to the people north and south in the next five years, it wouldn't pass, would be my view on it. Um, The work hasn't been done. And the minute you start asking questions, as we know with history in this country, with previous referenda, where there is uncertainty, people will vote to maintain the status quo because they'll say, better the devil I know. So because they can't answer the questions that people will rightly ask, all the issues we outlined in terms of flags, emblems, civil service, health service, all of that, they will probably... But I think since Brexit, mm. the Irish society has got an awful lot greener. And I, I mean in the Republican sense. My sense of it amongst younger people is they, they kind of want a united Ireland. Oh, they do. And I think lots of people want a united Ireland. But that doesn't mean that when you start delving into the detail of what that actually looks like and how it's going to work, that it won't make people a little bit nervous. The things Colm has pointed out around the finances, people, some people will vote on the economics. Not Lots of people won't. That won't be the motivating factor. There'll be other, you know, 
social and cultural issues and just the romanticism of it, the, the, you know, the desire and for what, that. What are the mechanics and the terms and conditions? It's up to the UK government to decide whether to hold one or not or what? Well, it, between the UK government and the Irish government, I would say, well, working what does together. The Good Friday Agreement well, the say? Government, the Good Friday Agreement says by the consent of the people where there is a majority in favour of having a border poll effectively. It doesn't, as Colm said, detail exactly how that's to be done. Um, I would envisage a similar vote as was used to ratify the Good Friday Agreement where you would have a public vote on the island to ask the people their views. But it's not, um, the Good Friday Agreement isn't descriptive in the actual mechanism. But that's how I would see it happening. So you might suggest that if Sinn Féin were in government that they would try and do that in the next five years. I think they'll shy away from that and perhaps focus more on the preparatory works. Um, I do think we're quite some time off Do you think it's more likely to pass in the north or the south? Uh, probably more, well, polling would suggest more likely to pass in the north. Um, uh, but again, you know, they, for example, I think people in Northern Ireland are very fond of the NHS and the fact that they have uh, free, free, free health care. Um, that will be on the table as well because they would no longer be part of the NHS. So there are certain things I think that would make people in the north a bit nervous as well. Again, you need to be able to answer questions and give clarity and certainty before you actually put the question to okay. the people. We're out of time. Final word, Colm? Yeah, I, I, I just think that the support for United Ireland in the Republic is kind of broad rather than deep. Uh, that, that an awful lot of people think, oh yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, but when push comes to shove, uh, if there were a poll down here uh, and, and the proposition being put was, one, there's going to be a huge number of disaffected people that don't want to be part of this. They're called unionists. And some of them might be throwing bombs around the place as they did before. And secondly, it's going to cost you a whole heap of money. I don't know how many people are going to vote for it. All right. Fascinating debate there of the direction of travel. Colin McCarthy, economist, and Lee Senator Lisa Chambers, thank you very much for joining me in studio. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.